We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the latest edition of Inside the Huddle. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. My partner in crime, TJ Inman, will be joining us shortly. Uh, we have a great show set up for you. We have Lyndon Ostrander from the Tampa Tribune uh, coming on to talk about Donovan Hale, uh, Indiana quarterback who's um, fighting for that uh, number two spot. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, fall camp, how it's going. Uh, it got a little chippy yesterday uh, to the delight of Kevin Wilson. Uh, anyway, TJ, how are you today? I'm doing great, Sammy. I'm uh, really, really starting to feel the excitement that we have building up. Our countdown's now well under 30 days, and that uh, you know really feels like we've turned the corner to where it's, uh, I guess you can say, see the light at the end of the tunnel here in the soft season. Yeah, we're, it's, uh, it's time. Yep, definitely. We're in the last uh, quarter of our countdown, and we're going to welcome in uh, Lyndon Ostrander from the Tampa Tribune uh, to talk a little bit about uh, Donovan Hale. Uh, Lyndon, how, how are things down in Florida? Good. Can't complain. It's a sunny day and uh, just uh, loving the football, and it's that time of year again, so can't be any more excited. Yep. Uh, Linda, Donovan Hale uh, came to IU last year. Uh, he's, he was a signee of the 2015 class. Uh, not many people know about him. Can you just give us an overview of what we should expect uh, uh, him to be able to do at quarterback? Well, I see you guys got a pretty good quarterback here, uh, there this year. Um, I think, you know, maybe next year, you know, he could start, but, you know, he could definitely fill in this year if need be. He's really long and athletic, um, put up some really good numbers, has a really good frame. Um, you know, he's one of the best basketball players in the county, was a McDonald's All-American nominee uh, basketball-wise. So he's really athletic. He's got a cannon of an arm, um, reads defenses pretty well, and he's just he's really tough to bring down. You know, even if you get to him, he can extend plays. Um, so he's really um, just has some really good God-given ability. Uh, and if he gets in there, you know, I think he could, you know, do some, you know, do the, do a good job and um, be reliable. I mean, he, he's not a, not, not a guy who's going to turn it over. Um, so he's a heady guy. Uh, and he has a lot of ability. Uh, does he, what does he bring to the to the run game as as a quarterback? You said he does have a cannon arm. Uh, I use probably, you know, is solid at starter. Um, you know, unless there's an injury there, I, I don't see anybody else starting for them. Uh, but what does Donovan Hale bring with his feet that he might show in, in uh, a wildcat formation or, uh, you know, a, a every so often in a uh, two-quarterback goal line uh, type of situation? Well, you know, he's really long. You know, he's got like a Terrell. He's not quite as tall as Terrell Pryor, but he has that kind of like frame uh, and long legs. So, you know, once he gets going, you know, he, he can really uh, churn up and get to the outside. Um, but he's really, again, he's tough to bring down. Um, just really big. Um, so, you know, he gets to the outside, he can do some damage, and he has really good hesitation moves that he gets from basketball. So, 
if someone comes up on him, he can really make that initial guy miss um, and just extend plays. Um, I don't know in the Wildcat if he's like a burner that's going to take it the distance, but he could get, you know, 20, 30-yard gains easy. Um, so, I, But, again, not the breakaway speed that's going to be a long home run threat, but he can definitely extend plays and do some damage out of the Wildcat for sure. See, you know, big enough physically, you said he's long. Uh, is he, you know, as a freshman, it, it's putting on the pounds, and, and he has good frames to add weight. Uh, is he big enough physically to, to get those one or two yards on, on a quarterback oh, yeah, on fourth down? Certainly. Oh, certainly. He's really big. You know, he, he, he dishes the blow. When he, you know, when he gets hit, he's still churning. He's still going. Uh, he likes contact. Um, he took a lot of hits last year. Um, at the end of the season, as you well know, he had a big uh, season-ending injury um, that um, inhibited him from playing basketball, uh, which was after football. So, you know, obviously he's, he's uh, used to getting contact and getting hit, and I heard his knee's doing well, and um, I heard he's doing really well at practice. I heard, you know, from a lot of people, some of you guys, that, you know, he's doing well. So I think he, should, he can do some good things and certainly big enough to um, extend plays and, and get those fourth and ones, those third and twos, uh, move the pile a little bit. So. Yeah, he, he looks good at practice. He throws a, a good deep ball that I've seen. Uh, we haven't seen all the practices or – or just the bits and pieces we've seen. He he looks to throw a good ball. I could see him sliding into that number two spot. Uh, Coach Wilson talked about yesterday uh, how they're trying to prepare for the future without Sudfeld, how there's a guy for a backup spot this year who might be in the mix for a starting spot next year or a guy who you might have to redshirt for the future uh, to get that extra year and a backup. So right now I could see him kind of winning that – that second quarterback role. Uh, Lyndon, also, there are a couple of recruits IU has their eyes on down there. Uh, can you speak on that? Recruiting season never really ends. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about uh, how they're doing down there? Oh, they're doing a great job. You know, I'm at Admiral Farragut practice right now. they got a long six foot six defensive end named Jeremiah Zio, who you're going to hear a lot of. And I think Indiana offered him. Of course, Matt Landers, I mean, he got a UF offer uh, two weeks ago. So he's going to be a stud, long six foot five wide receiver. Um, you know, obviously Craig Watts. Um, who else here? Just trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, Zion Rowland, another guy down here, 2018. Um, but they've been doing pretty good in their 2016 class. They, you know, Key Wetzel, he's another big name that is gaining Oregon interest, Auburn interest, um, and he's got an Indiana offer. They're high in his list, I think. So. If you're getting, you know, the top, the two stars, the three star, four star recruits that still have you in their list, that means Indiana's doing a really good job because they're in the top three to five on a lot of those kids' lists. So they do a good job down here. Fry obviously has is a great guy. Uh, people really relate to him, and Indiana's really good about offering kids early, um, you know, in their you know junior year, sophomore year, so kids trust them and they remember that they were the first offer. So Indiana does a really good job down here. All right. Uh, well, thanks, Lyndon. Thanks for hopping on for a few minutes. It's always great to talk to you. Um, just uh, tell us a little bit about uh, where you're working now and, and where to follow you on Twitter. Uh, I'm just doing work in Tampa Tribune, covering Pinellas County, um, 247 Sports, covering USF, um, doing some freelance work for the Bradenton Herald. Um, so just working hard and uh, trying to help promote the kids down here. And you can find me awesome. on Twitter at well, Lyndon O. So L-Y-N-D-E-N underscore O. Awesome, Lyndon. Uh, well, we'll check back in with you. Uh, we'll keep you updated on Donovan Hale. Uh, thanks for all that insight. Uh, he's, you know, relatively unknown up here. So hopefully, uh, Hoosier fans 
uh, now know a little bit more about, uh, you know, a potential number two quarterback. Uh, go enjoy uh, enjoy the beautiful Florida weather and, and football practice. Yeah, thank you. And, hey, watch out for Hale on the basketball court. Next call. I'm telling you, he's a stud down there, too. You'll see. Yeah. We'll see. You know, Jordan Fuchs from IU football played uh, played some basketball uh, last year. We'll see if Tom Crean's crew uh, needs another player. Uh, well, thanks, Lyndon, um, and we'll yep. talk to you soon. Thanks, Sammy. Uh, TJ, some interesting things that have, uh, Lyndon touched upon with Hale. Uh, he's he's long, athletic. Uh, he's not your your typical, uh, you know, just running quarterback. He has a cannon of an arm. Uh, he he throws a good deep ball. We saw at practice, uh, and, and he could be in the mix for for the number two spot, especially if they want to bring that that different dynamic in there. But he could also be redshirted uh, if they think he's good enough to play. Uh, and, and start down the future. So it's an inter- interesting crossroads uh, that they have to meet here. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I guess I'm a little bit surprised uh, at, that he has um, generated as much positive momentum as, as he has. It seems from from the coaching staff and from people that have uh, that have seen practice. I did not think that he'd be um, this quick up to speed at quarterback. Uh, you know, we knew that he was a good athlete coming in, and uh, we'd heard from Lyndon before when we've had him on the show that he he liked Donovan Hale quite a bit. Uh, in addition to Jonathan Crawford, another uh, another Pinellas County guy that Indiana has uh, has working at safety, but you know, we knew he was high on Donovan Hale, and I, I trust Lyndon's word there. But I'm surprised that Donovan has um, asserted himself so quickly into that backup quarterback position. And I think you said it very well earlier uh, that I use attempting to plan for the future. We know that Nate Sudfeld is a senior. And after that, you really want to spread out your quarterback so you don't have a three guys in the same class and then you're without a, a quarterback in a particular class. That's, that's what you're looking yeah. to avoid. They were trying to get Diamant the redshirt last year. We all know what happened. He had to have it, uh, had to have it burned to play. Um you know, I think it's certainly expected Austin King is going to redshirt this season. And I think that they would ideally like to go ahead and get Diamant the redshirt so he would then be a redshirt sophomore in 2016 competing for the starting position. Uh, then you have another quarterback coming in in the 2016 class who would then redshirt. So he would be um, a true freshman, Austin King, a redshirt freshman, Donovan Hale, who knows what class he's going to be in. It's still to be determined. Um, and then Diamant, the redshirt sophomore. So you're kind of spreading it out. You don't have that uh, that log jam in one class. But um, it's definitely, as we know, things can change quickly with transfers. At that position, guys do not like to wait around to play. Um, it's just going to be really interesting, like you said, a crossroads for Donovan Hale. Uh, but it's clear that the IU coaches think quite a bit of him, giving him this opportunity right now. And I, I know you've been uh, pretty impressed by what, what you've seen in his practice so far. Yeah, actually the the quarterback depth for IU, it looks pretty solid this year. You have uh, Nate Sudfeld, of course, and then Danny Cameron has really looked uh, like he has control of the offense and, and would be the guy to come in in a blowout situation or mm-hmm. to just get reps and, and give Sudfeld a blow. Um, 
Diamant looks stronger, uh, bigger and stronger. He's throwing a good ball. Hale, of course. So, so there's, uh, you know, four four guys who could, uh, you know, who could play. You can't play them all, of course, and you don't want to take Sudfeld off the field uh, often because he is your best player on offense. Uh, but other yep. than that, uh, it, it looks leaps and bounds uh, better than last year uh, in terms of depth. And somebody's going to uh, redshirt, and somebody's going to have to play down in the future. So. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that. Also, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, if if you were guessing, um, you know, let's we certainly do not want to project injury onto anyone. But worst case scenario, let's say something does happen to Nate Sudfeld, where he's out for a few games. Let's say it's he's going to be out for three weeks. I think we agree. Danny Cameron's kind of the uh, the, the mop up duty guy, and maybe if Sudfeld is out for like a half, you're playing Danny Cameron. I think that that's probably we agree on that but let's say he's out for three weeks do you think that they uh that they go with diamant or or do they they really want to redshirt him and they're going to do that at all costs who who do you think the guy would somebody in for for an extended period of time i i would have to say that it would be diamant he has a lot of experience game experience under his belt uh he has um just better uh control of the offense right now a better understanding uh he's can make more plays than Cameron uh, with both his arm and his feet. That's not a knock on Danny Cameron. It's just, you know, Diamant has played. He's played in these big venues. He played at Ohio State. He played at Michigan. He played, you know, Penn State and Michigan State at home. So he's played in these uh, big-time venues, and, and he should be the guy if, God forbid, Sudfeld goes down with an injury. That would happen. That way you could uh, redshirt uh, Hale and Austin King, um, but don't be surprised if they do go down. If he does go down, uh, you know maybe they alternate uh, quarterbacks between Danny Cameron and uh, Xander Diamond because Xander's still a little, you know, Wilson said he's a little careless with the ball and makes him nervous. So um, he might be on a short lease. So don't don't be surprised if Sudfeld does go down uh, long term, uh, you know, a week or two more uh, that to see both of them play at the same time. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's hope we uh, let's hope that's all strictly hypothetical, and we do not have to cross that bridge because I I don't think that we'd like what the IU offense looked like, no matter who was who was throwing the ball quite as much as we would if uh, Sudfeld's back there. As you said, he's IU's best offensive player. Um, losing him would would be a bad thing, no matter how you slice it. Yeah, and we're going to bring in Nick Holmes. Uh, Nick's going to join us. He's our, uh, another writer uh, for us at Hoosier Huddle. Uh, he's been down at a couple of the practices at media day. Nick, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys? Great. Doing fantastic. Uh, so, Nick, we're down at – I was down at practice yesterday, and um, yeah, I put out in our practice reports that it, it got a little chippy last uh, yesterday uh, between Austin Doris and Brandon Wilson. Uh, there's a little scrum. It wasn't anything serious. It's something that Wilson actually gave a little smirk about and, and is happy to see as long as it doesn't cross the line into Geno Smith, uh, New York Jets territory where, you know, people are cold cocking each other in the, uh, in the locker room and, and breaking jaws. Uh, but, you know, that competition, it, it hasn't been seen at IU all that often. And it's something that you know, he he said brothers fight, and this is just a case of, uh, of a little brotherly love, and he made them go right after each other. 
Uh, what have you taken away? I know you're down at one practice. What have you taken away the physicality of the, the practices and the competition of these young guys? Well, uh, the day that we were, we were there, or the first one I was at, they were just in their lids, so it was hard to take a lot from it. But um, you could just tell that they have a lot of guys to rotate in and out. Um, at wide receiver, um, they were just, you know, bringing a lot of guys into the slot. Um, the usual names that you would expect, maybe Damon Graham. And um, so, I mean, there really wasn't a lot to take. I thought Marquis Hawkins looked looked apart from where I where I was standing on the sideline the other day. Um, really love the tight end position. Now, we've we've all said that all off season that that should definitely be a spot on the team that um, should really thrive. And the possibility, like we talked about, Sammy, of uh, maybe splitting Fuchs out into the slot and taking advantage of either a, a smaller nickelback or a slower um, weak side linebacker. Yeah, it's definitely they're gonna uh, have they have the potential to be a, a matchup nightmare on offense. Um, I don't want to delve into too many state secrets, um, but it, it's they have a lot of options at, at uh, receiver and at tight end and a lot of different body types now, which is a change from last year where they were uh, relatively small at, at the receiver position and were playing guys who were undersized, and now they could you know, maybe move uh, Don Booth into the slot and create a, a matchup uh, mismatch and have Simi Cobbs on the outside. And, you know, if Camion Patrick, if they could get pull off this miracle and get him into school, um, they could be real dangerous again on offense. And, you know, the the running game, uh, Tommy Mister yesterday would w- look good. He, he was running over uh, guys, albeit freshmen, uh, but there was still – he's still – looks explosive and is running over people. So, you know, the running back position is, is going to be very deep as well. And you could see four or five guys play there. Uh, and all those guys are going to play uh, special teams, the guys who don't get the majority of the reps. But uh, if they do go to more of a running game, uh, which uh, people have hinted at, uh, you could see Jordan Howard get 20 carries. You could see Devon Redding get 15 carries uh, and maybe split up uh, you know, time between, you know, a- Alex Rodriguez tweaked an ankle uh, yesterday, but, you know, between Brookings and, and Mr. maybe split up another 10 or, or 15 carries there. So the depth uh, on the offense is terrific. Uh, defense, they're a little young. Um, so it, it's the front seven looks good. The, uh, the defensive backs, they're going to, it's going to be a rotation uh, and it's definitely going to, they're going to, shuttle guys in and out, especially during those first two games, to see who could settle into one of those positions. Yeah, one of the areas that we were, uh, for fall camp began, was kind of the two spots on the offensive line that were still up for grabs, and this is certainly not to say those position battles are over or anything, but uh, what have you guys seen um, in that general area of the offensive line, and and what's uh, what's it looking like so far it might shake out as? You take this one, Nick. Well, you know, um, I think there's a lot of versatile options that uh, could really fall into any of those slots. I know that they were really high on Wes Martin. Coach Wilson uh, said a lot of good things about him just during the off season, um, being being really tough in the weight room. You've got uh, T. 
Tim Gardner, which we were all high on during the spring, obviously a former Ohio State commit. He obviously has the talent, so he could be a, an option right there at right tackle. Um, Kamiel saw some action. Demetri Kamiel saw some action at left guard, but with the um, the medical hardship that Rawson Evans got, I think Kamiel could slide back out to right tackle since most of his experience is at a, at that spot. So there are three or four guys that I think are in the mix. Um, I was talking to Coach Fry the other day, and he was really high on Brandon Knight and Simon Stepniak, both true freshmen, who seem like they could also be in the mix. It's not ideal to play true freshmen on the line, but if they're in your two deep and they're in your top ten, you might as well get them out on the field. Yeah, yeah I thought that was is... really interesting. I, I really thought that was interesting. I, I mean, that says a ton about those two guys. If they do crack that two deep, uh, you know, if, if they earn it, they should get the play. Um but I, I'm just—I mean, this is a really, really strong group of offensive linemen that I think you feel really good about. No matter what ten guys that are on the roster you you get in there, I think you feel good about those ten guys, and probably even more than that. And I know they'd like to redshirt Stefaniak and uh, and Knight, but you know if they earn it uh, through their hard work and through the talent that they have, if they earn it, I think you put them on that too deep, and that's. That would be a massive accomplishment for those two guys. It would say a lot about their future. Um, and Wes Martin is a guy that I had in the countdown series that we did. Uh, seems like a long time ago that, that we had them up there. I think he's 76. But, um, you know, he is he's a really, really big, big, strong guy. Um, but he, I know he excelled in shot put. And one of the things that I, I wrote in that article, uh, I found a, a piece from the Milton local newspaper in Milton, Ohio, um, that mentioned their track coach talking about how they would just send Wes Martin out there for him to warm up um, before the shot put competition and how the other competitors would kind of just stand around and look at Wes because of how intimidating he was. He didn't really have to say anything, but the other guys were already intimidated by him. Um, so I think Wes Martin's definitely an intriguing talent that uh, probably a guard because of the he's 6'3", which – you know, that, trust me, that's huge compared to the average man. But for an offensive lineman, he's probably going to end up at guard, which is perfectly fine if he can just be a mauler on the inside. Yeah, and, and the depth plays really well because they're going to run guys in and out. They've done it all throughout Kevin Wilson's tenure here. Um, they'll rotate. They'll keep guys fresh, especially going up against uh, defensive lines in the Big Ten and, and Wake Forest. Uh, they're going to get worn out. It's just that's how football works. Is is that they're going to get leaned upon by these these big defensive linemen, and IU's got an up tempo offense, so it, it's great that they have this depth and, and could go eight to ten deep and, and really rotate guys in and keep guys fresh. Um, it, two guys who stood out yesterday I, I saw were uh, DeAndre Heron and uh, Delroy Baker. Uh, they made a nice combo block on. Um, Forgive me if my terms are wrong, but they they um, opened up a nice hole for uh, I think it was Alex Rodriguez or Ricky Brookins, um, like from 15 yards out for a touchdown, and it, it was just it was a thing of beauty. Uh, when when you see it see something like that, you just know it was good blocking, and all the coaches were hyped and and that stuff. So it's nice to see these guys come along and, and build some depth, and finally see IU have strength in the trenches, which is always has been uh, for the last two decades uh, uh, a weakness. 
Yeah, no doubt about that. I, I think the offensive line, we knew it was going to be a strength. And uh, from what I've heard, from what you guys have seen, from what the coaches have said, nothing has changed. And, and in fact, they might be even in better shape than they thought they were going to be. Um, I think it's unquestionably, in my opinion, it's unquestionably the best part of this team, which was really Kevin Wilson's aim when he got the job was to turn IU's offensive line into a consistent, strong force year in and year out. And that's what you see. You see up and down the depth chart, every class has quality players in it. Um, and they continue to focus on the recruiting. I think for as long as Kevin Wilson's here, uh, his plan is to have a really strong offensive line, and, and he's executing that plan. So when you see a good running game, uh, you know, don't just think, oh, the running backs are awesome, which they might very well be, and Kevin Coleman certainly was. But it's not just about the running back. The offensive line does a huge part in that as well. And if they Sunfield has a good year, the offensive line's been blocking well for him. So uh, it's a huge part of the offense, and it, it often gets overlooked. But I think smart football fans know how big of a deal it is. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's going to be key this year to keep Sudfeld upright and, and to get this running game going. Uh, and even if they have to tweak their offense a little bit to where – they need to slow it down just so they could keep this defense and this young secondary off the field a little bit and, and give them rest mm-hmm. and give them time in the game for coaches to sit down with them and and, and maybe go over a little, tweak the coverages and show them what they they have, you know, been doing well or wrong. Uh, so, you know, having a power run game, more of a power run game now and, and just – you know, taking the extra maybe 45 seconds to a minute uh, on drives, I think would be huge for that defense, not only in terms of rest, but in terms of, you know, in-game learning. Yeah, good yeah. point. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to uh, see a little bit more ch- too tight end action. You know, um, Ohio State used it a lot. They bring a guy in the backfield, the H-back, that ends up blocking for one of the running backs. And if there's a big concern about the slot position going into the fall, maybe that's something they turn to a little bit more as, you know, a typical two tight end set with two wide receivers and a running back. I mean, they obviously, they have the depth, like we said, at tight end, and two of those guys are seniors, so you really, you know, you want to maximize what they bring to the field. Yeah, and and it's definitely something that, you know, IU's had some good tight ends in the last few years under Wilson, but they were kind of underutilized. You know, Ted Bolser went on to play in the, uh, with the Redskins and, Several other teams in the in the NFL have, you know, he had five touchdowns was his high year, I believe. And so having four guys, the numbers as a unit should be going up, um, just because the, you know they're more experienced, they'll run their routes better, they'll get open, uh, and, and they do have uh, those mismatches. So uh, you know, see them, you know, less as a safety valve for Sudfeld, but more as, as playmakers. Um, and maybe a, a one, uh, you know, a one or a number one or number two option coming out of the offense. Yeah, I, were there? Um, I know that Donovan Clark. You know, we uh, heard an update from Wilson that he's still struggling with the back injury that it looks like is probably going to cost him the 2015 season. Um, any other injuries that uh, you want to update us on, and and maybe any of uh, the young guys that have flashed in the secondary? 
Uh, well, Isaac James had a little bit of a shoulder issue yesterday. Uh, he was working on the side. I think it happened yesterday because he was still in full pads. Um, he took his shoulder pads off to do some side work. Uh, but he he should be okay. He might be limited for the next few days. Uh, Aaron Del Grasso has a, a, a groin injury. Uh, he's been limited and, and really has put Griffin Oaks now in – in solid position to win that, that kicking competition. Uh, other than that, uh, injury-wise, I think they've come out pretty clean. Uh, guys in the Young guys in the secondary, uh, you know, you have Devontae Williams. Uh, you know, he, he was running uh, with the first team yesterday. Probably should have said that, but, uh, you know, he's been very good, and he's climbed the ladder very quickly, uh, which – you know, is is good and bad. He he's a great athlete, and he he looked like he has great instincts on the field. Uh, but you know, size might be an issue there with him. Uh, other than that, you know, you have uh, Keontae Walton's out there. Uh, you know, Jonathan Crawford's uh, been playing in and out. Uh, Tyler Green has been playing a corner, who I think is is the key there because he does give you some length and some size and some ability to tackle from, from that corner position. Um, you know, other than that, that's that's basically what we've seen. Uh, we haven't seen a whole lot of practice. We've seen bits and pieces, but the bits and pieces that we have seen uh, have been very good. And uh, Nick and I will be down there tomorrow, so hopefully we get to see more and we'll have more uh, notes to give, uh, to give you guys uh, next week. Yeah, I think Coach Wilson made uh, a good point during his press conference the other day during media day is that, you know, all the skill position guys that he brought in in this 2015 class stand a really good chance of seeing playing time. So regardless of who we see running in with the ones or the twos or the threes, they're all going to get a really good shot at, at uh, performing and being able to contribute this fall. Yeah, I think it's clear that Kerry Wilson really has the depth uh, that he's been looking for to build since he came to Indiana for probably the first time. I know he said that this is the most talented, deepest roster he's had up and down. And uh, I think you're going to see the coaching staff look to take advantage of that in any way that they can. Oh, yeah. Anyway, guys, uh, we are running low on time. I, I'll get you out of here. Uh, Nick, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll see you down at practice tomorrow. Uh, we'll look forward uh, to your notes and, and practice report. Uh, anyway, have a great day. Enjoy the beautiful weather. All right. We'll see you guys. See you, Nick. All right. TJ. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Have a good week. Yep. We're thanks. almost there. Yep. We're almost there. 24 days to go. We're in the final quarter. Uh, you can follow us on HoosierHuddle.com, uh, on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Uh, we're having our countdown pieces uh, still on. We also have uh, our Big Ten busts and uh, Big Ten sleeper teams coming out today, and we'll have our top five series out in the next uh, 24 to 48 hours. Other than that, uh, we'll be at practice tomorrow, and we'll keep you updated. So keep coming back for new content, and enjoy the great sunny uh, summer weather. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) 
Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 